Hey, uh, I'm Robert Bradford. I'm a teaching pastor here at The Grove. Um, We are excited that you are here. Just so you know, I've been praying for you all this week, um, mostly that you come, and then secondly, that God would really impact your life. Uh, We are starting a new series that's a mini-series called Forgive Better, which I know this seems kind of weird, like we're coming up to Thanksgiving. Why aren't we talking about Thanksgiving I mean, maybe you came and you really need a Thanksgiving message. And, and anybody jones in for a Thanksgiving? I mean, I, I'll give it to you. I mean, really be thankful. Okay. And thankfulness comes from gratefulness. And gratefulness is just reflecting on all the good that's in your life. If you're struggling, you can start with your breathing. There was coffee and donuts. I mean, just try and find something to build in, to get that gratefulness stirred up, and then you can express all of that in thankfulness. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Just help everybody be thankful. Amen. Okay, so you got your, your Thanksgiving message, okay? What, I, what we were thinking of is that, and I was telling Eric as we were kind of planning out the, the quarter for messages, I said, you know what, Eric, um, we always say that we want something for the people who come to the Grove, not something from them. And we are heading into a time, the next six weeks is a time where we are going to be forced or put in situations, that sounds better, right, with people that we have been working to avoid all year. <laughs> right? It's, it's the holiday parties, Right? There's that, that person who sent that email or badmouthed you, tore you down in front of your boss. Um, it's the Christmas party, um, the family one, or, and then there's you know, Thanksgiving, the family thing, and you've got all that going, and then you know, you know, what's-his-name is going to show up with his girlfriend, and the ex is going to be there, and there's I mean, it's just all of that stuff that goes into the holidays. And... I just told Derek, we need, to, we need to talk about forgiveness. And we need to look at forgiveness because we pretty much have six weeks of being in, that, in those situations. And so um, we're going to do this mini-series, part one. I titled it, Peace on Earth. Um, well, at least in your living room. If you can get peace in your living room, you know, you'll be doing good. So that's the holiday theme, Peace on Earth. Next week, uh, part two of this mini-series, I'm going to talk about something that I have not heard preached as a topic or taught as a, as a full sermon. I've, he- I've heard it hinted at. I've heard it mentioned. This, needs to, this part of forgiveness is here. But I'm going to dedicate that whole message to talking about that aspect of forgiveness And I promise you, this is something that we all face when it comes to forgiveness and hurts and working through those things. You do not want to miss it. You don't want to miss it, okay? So be here for that. Um, The reason or the direction I want to go with forgiveness is is basically this. If you're, you're here, you're not a Christian, it's really up to you whether you want to forgive or not. Right, you can live with it. You can never see that person. You can move. You know, you can do whatever. It's kind of up to you whether you're going to walk forgiveness road or not. If you're a Christian, um, we are kind of stuck because 
we're in this position of God forgave us, and we have this duty to forgive. In fact, um, we, there's scripture, you know, passages, writings in the Bible, all through the Bible, right, that talk about the need for forgiveness. Um, there's, uh, Paul in Romans wrote, wrote this scripture. He says, you know, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, meaning personal responsibility, you need to live at peace with everyone, right? But the, the real one, right, that really stirs the Christian duty version of forgiveness in our hearts is when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray because they ask, you know, how do we pray? And then, which I kind of wish they hadn't sometimes, but anyway, they, they, uh, they ask him how to, how to pray, and he, he just adds this little piece in. Um, and he says, uh, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I mean, there's, I don't know how you read it, but if I want to be forgiven, I have to forgive. Right? So there's this Christian duty. And, and what I want to talk about today is, is this, because forgiveness is a huge topic. And I'm not talking about uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and trying to work through that kind of forgiveness. That's a much deeper topic. I don't even think you can cover that in a sermon. That's like counseling sessions, uh, that type of thing. What I want to talk about is this. We get in a, in a space as Christians where we forgave, but it doesn't feel like it. I forgave, but then two, two months later, two years later, you see that person across the grocery store. There's like a thousand people in the grocery store, and there they are, man. It just like a light is over them, you know. They've got bacon. I mean, everything is, is bad. You, you just, uh, and then and that flash of anger hits, right? What does that have to do with bacon? You're not a guy. If you're a guy, you'd understand that, that it looks like a good thing, but it can't be a good thing because even though they have bacon, it's still them. Okay? You got that, right, Mike? Right? Preach. Amen. So, I don't know. Could you? Whatever. So, she has four kids. She's really tired. You know, I'm thinking that's what it is. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? So you, yeah, so you see them across the room, right? You get that flash, right? Boom, all that anger. And you're like, I forgave. I forgave. I forgave. Lord, forgive me. I'm trying, you know, that piece. I'm praying, God, that bless them. Why haven't they moved yet? I asked you for that. I mean, <clears throat> we're, you know, we're trying to work through that piece. And it's because, <laughs> it's because we don't really understand the, the reality of forgiveness. There, there are aspects of forgiveness that we, we don't really understand. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's because it hasn't been taught or whatever. But what I want to talk about today is I want to cover just three myths real quick about forgiveness. That we believe that are barriers to, believe, uh, to forgiveness, that are reasons why this happens to us, things we don't understand. I'm going to cover that. And then I want to give you some very simple steps that can help you overcome these three myths. So that's where we're headed. And we're going to be looking at this, the, a couple of verses that Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, Paul the Apostle Paul, um, around it, you know, when um, I said, almost said the turn of the century. But um, 
around the time of the early church when they were first going, the Apostle Paul, hopefully you've heard of him. Um, anyway, he's, uh, he wrote these, and we're going to talk about those verses. So let's, let's talk about some myths about forgiveness, okay? <laughs> and these are so good, okay? Number one, the first myth of, of forgiveness is that forgiveness is an event. We treat forgiveness like it's an event. I have this duty. I have to forgive. So we're going to stand here and, and you're going to apologize. And I'm going to say I forgive you. Or I'm going to work. Maybe it's the other situation where it's like we're not talking. We're not around each other. But I'm going to work through and I'm going to mentally do the thing because as we forgive, I, you know, so, okay, yeah, I, I forgive. And we treat it like an it's event. Okay, here's the truth. Forgiveness is a process. You can forgive someone in an event if they're late to coffee and say, hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late. Fine, you know, it's okay. It's an, that can be an event. If you're facing a, uh, someone tore you down in front of your, your coworker, tore you down in front of your boss, um, you humiliated you, to your, you have family that, that mocks you and puts you down and, Things have gone up for even years that you've had to deal with. Those kinds of things, that's, that's not an event-type forgiveness. Okay? Forgiveness is a process. And if we don't treat it like a process, we say, I forgave, but it doesn't feel like it. The second myth is this, that forgiveness somehow makes it okay. So, like, instead of saying, I forgive you when someone says they're late to coffee, you say, what? It's okay. It's okay. So we treat forgiveness like this. But then when we've got the big issue, like I, this becomes a barrier to forgiveness. I'm not going to forgive you because it's not okay what you did. And if I forgive you, then somehow you're going to interpret this as it's okay. And it's not. It is not okay. And what's going on there, right? That's all that emotional hurt and all that stuff is still there. And I'm, I, I'm not going to let go of that and say it's okay. I, I'm actually praying for your death, you know, that kind of thing, you know. When I say you're the bomb, it means I hope you detonate somewhere, you know. I mean, it's that whole thing, right? I'm just being honest, okay? So the truth is that forgiveness is, is, is not, doesn't make it okay. Forgiveness is a pardon. Forgiveness is a pardon. In other words... If I, you know, as a president, well, you know, is going to pardon someone, they say, you did this, you are guilty, this was your sentencing, you're going to pay for what you did, but we're going to pardon you, meaning we're not going to hold it against you anymore. It's not okay what you did, you really should, should spend your, the rest of your life in jail or whatever, but we're going to pardon you for whatever reason. Okay, forgiveness is not saying it's 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 not making it okay. It's saying I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. It's a pardon. You know, and if we can get there and do that, that's good. Forgiveness will stick better. Or I should say, we'd be willing to forgive because it's not it's not a barrier. The third myth is this. Forgiveness is reconciliation, which is also a barrier, okay, because 
we're not going to be nicey nice after this event that, you know, and if I forgive you, then somehow I have to go back to like it was, you know, we're going to talk in the break room. We're going to sit across from each other at Thanksgiving. I'm going to buy you a Christmas gift and it's going to make lots of awful noise and you're going to hate it. (laughs) Wait, no, I can't do that. Jesus forgave me. Lord, forgive me. Right? We get in this cycle of thinking that forgiveness is reconciliation, okay? It's not. Here's the truth, okay? Forgiveness is forgiveness. Oh, let me write that down. Oh, no. Forgiveness is forgiveness. Reconciliation is reconciliation. They're different. They're very, very different. Forgiveness can lead to reconciliation, but it is not reconciliation. It does not, in other words, does not need to be a, a barrier to forgiveness. Okay? Here's a definition, just so you have it. Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment, vengeance toward a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether the act, they actually deserve your forgiveness. That is forgiveness, right? Reconciliation, then, is the act of causing two people or groups to become friendly again, as in after an argument or disagreement, to restore friendship or harmony, right? That's, that's what reconciliation is. Forgiveness is really almost a precursor Right? I need to forgive for the, to get to a place of reconciliation. But it's not automatic. It takes work. And really, I wanna, we did this series, Guardrails. How many were here for guardrails? Right? So in guardrails, I talked to, you know, why can't we be friends? There are some people you should not reconcile with, become friendly with, and invite them back into your core group. I mean, just a guardrail flashback here. We talked about... For a companion, a fool suffers harm. If, if you're headed in the opposite direction of people in your core group, their morals, ethics, values are opposite of yours. They should not be in your core group, right? Because the fool proximity principle, you guys remember that? If they don't care about their lives, they're not going to care about yours. Okay, and, and if you're in that situation, you need to forgive them. And you might even have to work on some self-forgiveness because you put yourself in that situation knowing better that you should not have been. Whether Because it's not that you believe what they like them. It's not that you would do what they do. It's that you, you were there when they did it. So when you forgive them and they're saying, so cool, so are you up for being designated driver this Friday? Answer should be, no, no, I learned my lesson. You know, I forgive you. We're good. You know, I'm okay, but, you know, I'm pretty much done. You you go have fun. I'm going to go the direction I was heading initially, right? So in some cases, reconciliation is, you need to really think about that in terms of being back how things used to be. Sometimes when we get hurt, and really this is maybe where you can talk about sexual abuse or physical abuse, um, 
psychologists, not God, psychologists are saying that reconciliation it could be a bad thing in those situations where things go back to how they were if that person has not changed. Because the truth is, honestly, we know this, honestly. If you continue to think how you used to think, you will continue to do the things you used to do. And if someone is in that space and you can see that there has been no change, there's been no renewing of their mind, there's been no shift in how they behave and where they're headed, you should not be in the car with them. You should not be going that direction. Tell them about Christ. Invite them to church. All those things. Yes, absolutely. Be the missionary in that sense. But they should not be in your core group. Because if you're going like this, you're likely to go like that. And then you'll be in a space where you're having to forgive and work through potential, potentially much worse situations. And, and so Paul says in Romans 12:18, he, he identifies forgiveness as a process, right? So those are the three myths. And Paul is, Paul is in, in this verse, he's, he's saying, if it is possible, meaning sometimes it may not be, as far as it depends on you, which means you have the personal responsibility to live at peace with everyone. And living at peace with everyone means that it's work. It's a process. You need to recognize that it's a process. Right? Basically, what it means is this. It's possible to have peace about a relationship while there's no peace in the relationship. And a lot of us are headed into Thanksgiving here with this, with the fact that we're going to be, be with people we've been trying to avoid, or there's that family member, there's that person at work, whatever. You're going to be in that situation. And you need to prepare now. You know, I, I've had the, those times, honestly. It's Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and I'm already praying because I'm dreading the people I'm going to be with, some of them, the next day. And I'm going to have to fight this battle, this mental thing, and I have to be like Jesus. They can be whoever they want, but I have to be like Jesus and love them anyway. And, you know, and, oh, Lord, forgive me. You know, just that whole thing, right? That whole thing. So let's talk about some steps toward forgiveness as a process. Okay. If you've been hurt, all of us have been hurt. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you haven't. I mean, is there a baby in here? Like, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we've all been hurt. So the first step in really understanding forgiveness as a process and, and stepping in how to forgive better, the first thing is that we, we sometimes we don't face the fact that we've been hurt. We try to ignore it. Oh, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, bad idea. You need to face the fact that you've been hurt, and you need to identify what that hurt is. Okay? You need to face the fact that you've been hurt and identify what that hurt is. And basically, that's, that's a mental, emotional process, which is why forgiveness is a process. It's not a mental thing. That's the event. The emotion, the emotional part is the process. You have to work through the emotions and the feelings and, and all that stuff. I know it's a pain, but that's how God made us, so we get to do that. 
And <laughs> it helps us on, on a lot of other things. It's good, right? So we have to do that to heal. We have to face the, the fact that we've been hurt. We have to decide not to react to all the emotions, okay? When you're facing the fact and identifying the hurt, you can't re- react to all of the emotions. You know, I'm going to be nasty to that person. I'm, I'm going to play the victim card. You hurt me. Uh, you know, manipulation, manipulation. Can't do that. Can't do that. If you're going to forgive better, you cannot do that. And you can't treat that person like they're a jerk, even though they were, right? They were. And then you need to get to that place here when you're identifying, facing the fact that you decide to forgive. It's at that part of deciding, you know what, I'm going to do the work it takes to forgive that person. And you need to make the decision to do that. Okay? Forgiveness is a process. Paul, Paul, Paul says it this way in, in the next verse, Romans twelve nineteen. When we talk about payback, because that is very natural part of being hurt is now you're going to pay. I don't know if you've noticed how many of our movies are headed in. They're all like that, right? I'm going to take it into my own hands, and I'm going to pay that person back. That is, that is, this was written 2,000 years ago, okay? 2,000 years ago, they were writing about it because we really haven't changed that much. People talk about the Bible not relevant, but here it is, Okay? Here it is. So that desire to pay back, and Paul's saying, you know what? Um, Don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written in his mind to avenge. I will repay. Now, I I struggle with this, personally. I struggle because, you know, somebody hurts me. I mean, it's not like they robbed my house. So who's going to, I need to avenge myself at least, or something, somehow they need to pay, you know, for what they did, you know, that thing, right? So let me ask it this way. How is it possible that God can forgive me for committing a sin against you? How is that possible? How does that, I mean, does it make sense that he could forgive me for a hurt I caused you? It's because God is the legal authority. God is the legal authority. It makes sense to us in the sense that my house was robbed. These, the cops caught the people who robbed my house. This is a true story. The cops caught the people who robbed my house. They took them to court. They faced a judge. They were sentenced and are spending time in jail for what they did. I did nothing to pay them back. I didn't show up in court and say, you you know, all that. (laughs) You know, you wrecked my family. My kids have slept in our bedroom for five days. Every time the windows rattle, everybody's freaking out. You did that, you know. You know, when you get out, I'm going to punch you in the face. I mean, that's right. I wasn't, I didn't. Because I didn't mean to because they, they are serving time. They, they are being held accountable for their actions. God is the legal authority. And Paul is saying, you know, don't try to pay this back yourself. Let God handle it. Right? Let the cops handle it in the natural sense, spiritually. Let God handle it. Okay? And this is, I don't say this with any joy. 
But I have had people who hurt me, and I have seen them face the same thing, somebody else hurting them, the same way it happened. And I, I sat back, and I was like, man, you know, I didn't want that for me, and I thought I wanted that, but now seeing it, dang, you know. And it's because God is the legal authority. So in this process of identifying a hurt and not reacting to all of the emotions and all the stuff that's going on, we need to let God handle that part of it. And we need to handle our part of it. And the, the, that, the, so that's the first. Identify, face it, the truth, embrace it, know what it is. The second step really is to be able to See the person who's hurting you through the empathy lens. You need to see them with empathy. Okay, here's the truth. We are all broken. All of us are broken. We say all the time here at the Grove, you know, healthy people do healthy things. Well, the truth is hurting people do hurtful things as well. Have you ever been in that situation where you've got the headache of a lifetime I mean, every noise, you're in lots of pain, pain, and then somebody's banging around in the kitchen, right? You go out there and you're like, I told you I had a headache. You know, what are you doing? Can't you do that later? I mean, seriously, they've been sitting there for two days. Well, what's another day, right? Could you knock it off, right? And you storm back to your room. Like that, that interaction caused even more pain, Right? Right? That's a very hurtful thing we just did. But it's because we're hurting. When we're hurting, we become self-focused. And it, our, everything becomes, no, I don't want to go out. No, I don't want to do these things. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And hurting people do hurtful things. And it's when we can see someone's brokenness, we can begin to understand why they are the way they are. It helps us to, to get to a place of having I say it, compassion toward the person who's hurting us. And if we can get to a place of compassion, then maybe we can get to the place of saying, oh, I understand. I can forgive. Right? Paul says it this way. He says, on the contrary. So this is letting God have the wrath. Don't pay it back. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If they're thirsty, give him something to drink. He's saying basically, try to understand their needs. Look at what their needs are. Try to see them through the empathy lens. And then he says, you know, this in doing this, you will heap burning coals on, on his head. So, you know, at first read, when you're really angry, it sounds like he's saying, Right, so you get in with their back to you, eating and drinking, then you get this coal and you light them up, you know. But that's not it, because just the other verse, he said, don't pay it back. It's actually a Jewish colloquialism that, that basically comes from the concept of that um, burning coals in your head will stimulate your mind, your emotions. It gets you thinking. And if you extend this kindness to a person who's hurt you, um, it will get them thinking that maybe, you know, they did the wrong thing. 
Um, another aspect of that is that burning coals were used in the covenant with uh, Abraham, between Abraham and God, back in, in the early part of the Bible. And uh, it represented the presence of God, the coals of fire, right? So by doing this, by seeing through the empathy lens, you, you, it's good for them in the sense that, that you're, you're allowing yourself the ability to forgive, to extend the grace of God and the mercy of God and those things, and you're able to perhaps change their mind, allow God to be present with them, working in their heart. And basically, it's this. You, for yourself, to forgive better, you engage in emotional healing. You engage in emotional healing. Okay, there's a guy, his name is Everett Worthington. He's a clinical psychologist, Ph.D. person at Virginia Commonwealth University. And he recommends it this way, is that you get, you get two chairs, right? And, and you sit in the first chair with the, the other chair as if that person who hurt you is there. And you just, you unload you let it all out, all your emotions, everything, all the hurt. You've identified everything. You say it all to that person as if they're in the chair. And then you get up and you, this is awful, I did this, and you sit in this chair as if you're them and you respond back to you as if you're sitting there. And as you begin that conversation of trying to explain why you did what you did and trying to be that person in their shoes, um, it helps you begin to see why the other person might have wronged you. And, and the, reason, the reason I'm telling you all this is it's about the emotional healing. Okay? My mom, um, well, I should start by just a quick story. My grandmother on my dad's, my dad's mom, um, she grew up in a brothel, as far as we can tell. No idea who her father is. Um, lots of alcohol, all that kind of, that whole lifestyle that goes with all that stuff. Abusive to my, my dad and his sister, um, et cetera, et cetera. Very, very, very hurting person. She faced a lot of hurt. Um, she um, blamed my mom for my dad's choice to not go into show business as a ventriloquist, but to go into the ministry. And she pretty much hated my mom. And she, she consistently tore my mom down in front of other people. Um, you know, because my mom's like, you know, this is 50s, 60s, right? You, no, no makeup, got the flat skirt, you know, high collar. She didn't know how to dress. She can't even doesn't even know how to put on makeup right, blah blah blah, all that stuff. She would humiliate her uh, in passing a, a woman. My mom told me the story. I called my mom on this sermon, talked to her, because I was like, "How did you deal with that?" And uh, you know, she told me a story of this very beautifully dressed, makeup, everything was walking by um, my grandma and my mom. This was in the 70s. And my, mom, and my grandma stopped her and said, you complimented her, you look so great. Could you teach her how to dress like you do? And right, like that. For years, my mom dealt with that. And I said, Mom, uh, I'm doing this talk about forgiveness. I mean, how did you deal with that? And she said, it was really, you know, it was really hard 
for a lot of years, I took it very personal. But when I began to understand, when I began to see her pain, when I began to understand what she had gone through in her life, where she, she had, I realized that this wasn't about me. This was about her. This was about her problems and her brokenness. Is that once I got there, I was able to consistently forgive her, consistently be able to see past that, consistently be able to pray for her and encourage her. And by the time my grandma passed, her and my mom's relationship had pretty much been restored. And she still had her. She was still her because she is who she is. But they, they were so much better. And she loved my mom and respected my mom. You know, and it's because she saw her through the empathy lens. That was a process. But that's the process that helps us forgive better. Where we can get to a place <laughs> where we can forgive and actually feel the forgiveness that we've given. Right? Because forgiveness is a process. And when we do that, Paul talks about it in the next verse. He says, don't be overcome by evil, right? My mom had a choice of whether that evil that was coming out of my grandma, in other words, that hurt, all that pain, all the shame she felt, all of that stuff, was that going to overcome her? Or was my mom going to be able to see through the empathy lens, understand that this is not about her, and then work to overcome that evil with good? I am the overcoming the evil with good is being able doing the emotional healing to be able to get to the place where we can give step three give the gift of forgiveness. Right. It's a gift. It's an it should be an altruistic gift. When we do that, we forgive better, and that's the place where we we really see that we live at peace with everyone. Right. We can live at peace with everyone. And that was what we read there in Romans 12, 18b. Right? I just let that so, because I know you've been thinking about people have been running through your head. Right? It's coming, right? It's coming. When we do this, we're able to forgive better. And we can go into that event and be able to understand, you know what, they're probably hurting. Because they're doing hurtful things. And it's probably, it's probably really not about me. It's about them. The fourth step is really to commit to that forgiveness and hold on to that. Sometimes it, it takes some journaling to, to you know, solidify that emotional healing, to help it so that we're not back and forth when the next event occurs, whether unforgiving and those things, and we've worked through that. But when you commit and you hold on to that forgiveness, then you don't have that, I forgave, but it doesn't feel like it. I forgave, and they're forgiven. I've done the forgiveness. What if, what if this week, before Thursday, because it's coming, what if this week you took some time to review 
that person that you've, you're thinking about it already, you're going to see them Thursday. What if we take some time this week and begin this process where we try to understand what the real hurt was? What was the real thing that went on? And then we're trying to, you know, do the chairs if you need to. I mean, do the, do the emotional healing part. Try to understand why they are the way they are. Right? Get to that place of seeing them through the empathy lens. And then in your heart, make that decision. You know what? I can forgive. I forgive them. I am not going to hold it against them anymore. What they did was wrong, absolutely. But I'm not going to hold it against them anymore. And I'm just going to make a note here in my regular journal. And I'm going to ask you, God, to hold me accountable to this. And I'm just going to make that commitment and hold on to that forgiveness. What if we did that? Right? Would Thanksgiving be better? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't be dreading it that night? Oh, my God, why are we going? Do we have to go? I mean, just... Can we go somewhere else? I heard Denny's has a great Thanksgiving thing. Right? We wouldn't be there, right? We could actually be thankful. We could actually enjoy the holiday for what it is. If we choose to do that. So that's my challenge for you this week. Take one step toward peace on earth or at least peace in your living room this week. Okay? You guys up for that? Right? Hey. So I know that next Sunday is a Sunday after Thanksgiving and you're still full of turkey because you've been eating it all over the weekend. Okay, but I want... Please do not miss next week because it's going to be something that impacts every person who comes because we all face this particular issue when it comes to forgiveness, okay? So be here. Be here. When we talk about forgiveness, you know, we, we as Christians, we're grateful because God forgave us. And I just want to take a minute to, in closing to give an opportunity. Maybe you're, if you're here and you, you're, not, you've not, you're not a Christian, you've, you're not saved or whatever, but you have stuff. You have stuff in your life. You have pain in your life. You have things, people you've wronged. I mean, today I didn't even touch on the fact that if you're hurting, if you, you're probably doing hurtful things. You may be the person who's hurting someone else. And you need to heal so that you're not propagating all of that pain. And there's all these, there's a line of people out there who, are, who need to forgive you because you're dealing with all of that pain. You need to take these steps to heal, right? So that you can move forward and not be that person. But maybe you're here and, and you, you have all that stuff, but you don't have anything to do with it. You know, how do I... Where do I get forgiveness? How do I get free of this? Well, God is the legal authority. And God has the ability because of what his son did. We talk about Jesus. He came to this earth, lived. He lived exactly as he should. And then he went, um, basically, in a nutshell, went to the cross and died for our sins. He said, you know what? All of, all of this, all you've done, everything you've done, I'm going to, instead of you dying for those sins, instead of you being sentenced and paying the penalty, 
I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to step in this role as you, in a sense, and I'm going to die on your behalf. And that gives me, Jesus, that gives him the, the ability to say, I forgive you. You are pardoned. It will not be held against you. And I want to give you that opportunity. And what we call it as Christians, we call it receiving God into our life, receiving Jesus, being saved, born again, you know, because it feels like we're born again. It's that sense of regeneration, if you will. I'm going to start over now. And I'm, and I'm clean as far as my legal obligation for all the things that I've done. I mean, I can't redefine Christianity for you, but this much I can tell you, if you give your life to Christ, meaning that sense of, I invite you in, forgive me of my sins, you can be free, and you can walk free. So I just ask everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want to give you that opportunity. If you want to receive Christ, if you want to ask God to come in and forgive you of your sin, just lift your hand. Anyone else? Awesome. Anyone else? You know, it's an opportunity to be truly free. You can be free. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, which is just talking to God. And it's an opportunity for you from your heart to ask for that forgiveness and to be forgiven. So so everybody would pray, Christians pray, anybody who wants to pray this prayer, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for paying my debt. Come into my life. God, touch me. Heal the emotional hurts in my life. And allow me to spend the rest of my life with you. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we have a free Bible for you and a book called Ten Steps Towards Christ. They're free out on the table there. And if if you're in that place, um, and, and, and whether you said the prayer today or not, or you don't have a Bible, get one. Um, Enjoy the relationship with Jesus. If you made that commitment today, feel free to talk to Eric or I. Um, and, and we want to help you. We want to pray for you. Um, you, just, you just did an amazing thing. Probably the best decision of your life. Amen.